Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei Podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Well, it's so good to be to be back with you guys, and we really miss you guys when we're in the states. The only thing I think, well, not the only thing, but you guys are uh, the people that I think about a lot, and just want can't wait to, to be back here. And um, I feel like I need to reintroduce myself. <laughs> my name is Mark, and this is Anne, uh, my wife, and we have a 15-month-old Abigail. Uh, that's her photo. You can show her beautiful face right there. Do you think she looks more like me or her? <laughs> Both. Okay. When she first came out, it's just like Caucasian. I'm like, is that my baby? <laughs> Now has more Asian like features coming out. It was great. You haven't haven't if you haven't met her yet, she's here today, so she would love to meet you. And so, just wanted to share um, what happened to us and how it happened to Abigail. Um, 2021 on Christmas Day, we had packed our bags and just fly to America for uh, emergency medical uh, surgery for Abigail. And uh, we just wanted to share that um, that detour took us to live in America for 16 16 months, and it was it was difficult for me and for us because we literally just quit everything. She quit her job, I quit her my job here. And say goodbye to my family. They didn't even get to see Abigail.、Uh, well, she was in the in Anne's Anne's womb,、um, but you know it was very quick. Went to the airport and flew to America. Landed, had a surgery the ne right next day. And so today we want to focus about、uh, just how we learned that every trial is an opportunity for、um, for us to be closer to God. Sometimes He used. He uses that to draw us closer to him.、Um, of course, we would have never wished that health problem on Abigail,、um, but at the end of the experience, we feel so much loved by you guys and feel so much closer to God and to each other. And、uh, we know that the Father's heart is always want to draw draw us closer to Him.、Uh, sometimes He uses tests, and、uh, but we still praise Him. So James one two three、um, says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops、um, perseverance. Amen. Let's pray.、Uh, Father, thank you so much for today.、Uh, we get to share、um, Abigail's story, but it's your story, your faithfulness, and I just ask that your Holy Spirit will work in each one of us, and I hope that the, our, our story will bring hope、uh, to people that need it today. Um, that you minister to our hearts, and we be open、um, to you, and we can not just、um, sense and enjoy the the presence of of your goodness,、uh, but also、um, just get to know how good you are to us. And we always choose to praise you, regardless what our circumstances are. So I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, wrapped up in this trial that brought us closer to the Lord were two amazing miracles, which expanded Mark and I's vision of who God is and how powerful He is. And the first was the conception, which I've talked about before here. But、um, in case you haven't heard our story, one I, I, I didn't have a menstrual cycle for 12 years, and the doctors had really proclaimed that I wouldn't be able to have a child.、Um, 
that it was a very, very slim chance. So um, Mark and I had uh, tried IVF in the early 2021, and it failed. Um, and we uh, found out three months later while we were on vacation in the US that I had conceived naturally. And that was like just a miracle beyond miracle um, that it had happened. Um, so we knew from the very beginning that God was doing something great in um, our little Abigail's life. So when we came back, you know, there was a quarantine time. We're in the hotel for, is that two weeks? It was not yes, pleasant. It was <laughs> she was like vomiting. I was, yeah, I had like vomiting and morning like sickness morning in sickness. the tiny jail cell slash hotel. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but we, we, we were just rejoicing, you know, what God gave us. And, uh, but at 20 weeks, we went to a doctor's visit, and then the doctor found uh, fluid in Abigail's chest cavity. Uh, if you see on the picture on the left, so the, the black... Um, area that's the fluid that's pressing her lungs and heart at 20 weeks that's a critical moment for babies to develop their lungs and heart on the right that's what normal uh, lungs and heart should look like and so um, we didn't know what the diagnosis meant but based on the doctor's facial expression we we knew it was, it was not good news and so the doctor later told us um, you know, Abigail might have some like chromosome issues. It could be a, she could be a Down syndrome babies with some difficulties when she came out and later on just say, maybe you should consider abortion. And we're like, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that picture still uh, shook me. So later on, we had a surgery uh, right away. It was a very difficult day for, for both of us. We went home quiet. We tried to eat and then we both just wept. Uh, it was very difficult, and uh, it was the first time being a parent, and you, we had no idea how to deal with all that. And I just remember the first thing I say to Anne is like, "Let's pray." There's nothing we can do, so let's pray and speak life over Abigail. We were transferred to uh, Taipei uh, Mackay, Mackay Hospital, <laughs> and um, that that day started our one month um, hospital uh, visit journey uh, when we made it clear to the doctors that the abortion was not an option. The doctor suggested a shunt placement. So the shunt is like a small tube, like a straw that needs to go into Abigail's chest cavity to drain the liquid out. So everything, it's like a uteral surgery. And um, um, it was a very critical moment because if you, if you don't do it quickly, uh, she might pass away uh, at that time. And so, uh, if you see, pic that's, is that picture four? Yeah. Um, so the, the, our surgeon had very limited experience, but he's the most experienced in Taiwan So and willing to try. So we like, okay, let's do it. Uh, the, first, the first shunt placed in there worked for two days. After two days, it got clogged because the liquid in Abigail's chest is not just water. It has tissue and all that different things that got created. So it got clogged. And we went back, the, the, the fluid started reaccumulating again. The doctor's like, well, I gotta do it again. So we're like, okay, let's do it again. The second surgery happened two days later, and sorry, three days later, and it didn't even work. To make things worse, um, the second surgery made um, Anne's amniotic sac leak. So that's like a death sentence to a baby because now her lungs were not properly developed. Now she didn't, back then, she didn't have the nutrient, the amniotic fluid to drink into her lungs to, um, to, to, to um, just to develop properly. And so 
the doctor just say, okay, I guess you guys just need to do bed rest for 10 weeks. And we say, what? 10 weeks? <laughs> if you don't know what bed rest is like, look at that picture and just imagine for 10 days what that feels like. You cannot, uh, the only thing you can do is just go to the bathroom. Um, you couldn't walk or do anything, just lay there. So it was pretty tough for Anne and us, for me to watch. And <clears throat> so the doctor suggested that and said you wait until, you know, premature late a delivery, a delivery, and then maybe we'll see what happens. Um, but he, he knew there was not a, a good suggestion either because the amniotic fluid lost, it was, it was down to two, the, the, the index went down to two, normal range is 11 to 24. Uh, so it was down to two pretty much, there was nothing for Abigail to, to drink. And um, so, I want to jump in right here and just say that I think they thought we were pretty foolish because we just were so full of hope. <laughs> we, um, I am an artist. I had like written scriptures all like drawn these things because literally I had nothing to do. So I was sitting there drawing scriptures and posted them all around our little bed rest area. We had um, ministered to, I had a, a roommate um, who was also uh, OBGYN and she had um, a very dire case um, and we were like telling her about Jesus, praying for her. She thought we were a little crazy. Um, came to find out we stayed in touch. Her baby lived um, and is healthy today. Praise God. Yeah. Two for one. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the doctors really, I think they looked on us with pity of like, oh, this poor couple, they're staying hopeful and it's going to hit hard when it hits that yeah. their baby's not going to live. Um, but we just kept standing firm on the word of God. Yeah. I think sometimes faith looks stupid to other people, but God says faith pleases God. And that's what we choose to do. Um, so the story obviously didn't end there uh, with the bed rest. Uh, so let me pause right here. I just want to tell you the things uh, that happened to us. I want to share three lessons that we learned. Trials are opportunities for us to grow closer to God and each other. And number two is speak life over your situation. And then three is hope is in the Lord. Yeah, so we're going to break down the story in, in these three points. But <clears throat> One thing that I absolutely love about Abigail's story, the, God, the story that God gave her beginning, is that it's a we story. It really felt like it's this church community that came together um, to welcome this baby and to bring this baby into the world, um, to birth this baby together. And I think back just with such clarity of it was um, Jalen Lil and um, Bertina who prayed over my womb right here. I was sitting right here, like before we even went through IVF, standing together in hope. Um, and it was Peter and Linda who laid hands on us and proclaimed that we would have a baby naturally. Um, it was Jalen uh, and Kevin Na who took us to hear Abigail's heartbeat um, when we were in America for the very first time when we had just found out about the conception. Um, it was uh, dozens of you guys who prayed daily. We had a daily prayer chain going when we were going through this whole trial. It was you guys who were lifting us up. Um, it was Kenny and Darren who went to our apartment in Danshwe when we were in the States and packed up all our things for us. Um, it was Bruce and Terry who prayed with us when we were discerning, like, do we just lock our apartment and go, or do we keep believing for a miracle here in Taiwan? 
horrible decision to have to make, like just life and death, you know, of what the consequences were. But they walked us through that and lifted us up. Mm. Um, And um, so many of you guys have helped us walk this story together. And that spiritual family, you know, we were were built um, to be in a a body. Um, The word says um, in... 1 Corinthians 12, 25 through 27. If one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part of our body is honored, all the parts share the honor. Together you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of that body. Mm-hmm. And walking through this horrible trial with you guys uh, made us never want to do any hardship without spiritual family again. Um, so right here, we just want to pause and ask that question um, to this church family. Like, are you connected to the body? You know, and, and is there maybe someone, um, you know, one step that God might be inviting you to take to go deeper um, for this time, whether you're in a trial or not, you know, there might be someone you can ask for a meal <laughs> or share your struggle with or ask for prayer. But we're meant to do life together um, in the body, and that is one of the gifts that the Lord gives us, is the body of Christ. And some of you, I know, are feeling very connected. This is a church that values family, um, but maybe others are feeling invisible or a sense of disconnection. Um, and so I just invite you at the end of the service, if that's you, to, to come forward for a prayer um, and take that step to share your burden. Um, Psalm 68 6 says that the Lord puts the lonely in families. And this is a spiritual family, regardless of what your blood family is like. This is a spiritual family. Um, and we, we like to do life together. Um, so he has a significant role for you to play, whether it's here or somewhere else, but just with spiritual family. Um, and when we were first hit with Ag- Abigail's diagnosis, I remember facing the question of how public are we going to make this? You know, like who, who do we tell and, and how? And in my younger years, I used to be pretty private, like, eh, I don't want people knowing. But my older, <laughs> we're older, um, older years, we, I've become more open to be vulnerable and be broken and be needy. Um, and so we um, decided to chronicle this whole story step by step with one of those medical blogs um, so that we could invite the community to help carry us. We knew we were really weak. Um, and so step by step, it felt so scary because it was like, we're daring to hope. We're putting all our eggs in this basket, God. Like, come on, come through. And that was like, it, it just felt vulnerable. Um, but I'm so glad that we did because we saw God just coming to care for us from so many different directions that wouldn't have been there if if I hadn't have shared. And, and people got to walk alongside us with that. Um, and in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul writes, um, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And I just feel like from the outside, people were telling us, oh, you're so strong, you're so brave, you just left your lives and did this. And that is not how we felt. We were, you know, weeping and messy and um, weak, but we turned to the Lord. I mean, that's our message today, turn to the Lord. We threw ourselves on him, um, and he took our burdens and filled us up day by day, uh, with the strength and um, the endurance to persevere um, with you guys. So, yeah. So when we were bombarded with all the negative news by the doctors when we visited the hospital almost every other day, uh, from Tanshui to Taipei, 
um, we we still chose to to uh, to to speak life uh, over Abigail and each other. To be honest, um, when Anne said like we're you know we felt very opposite because well, I was so terrified. Just like okay, there's a moment I'll wake up and Abigail would be gone. Um, so terrified, but the only thing that could um, keep us going is God's word. And I just know I couldn't operate on Abigail. And the doctor is the most experienced, so, you know, what do you trust? Okay, that's just trust God. Uh, so I'm going to give you some verses that, um, that what we declare to each other in Abigail almost every day, I mean, multiple times a day. Um, but I just want to tell you that we're so weak. There are times I just wept. I couldn't even pray. And it was Anne that prayed over me and speak, uh, speak life over me and encourage me to keep going. There are days I was doing that to her as well. So yeah, one thing that Mark has always been strong in, in our relationship is speaking life. Like from the time I met him, he was one who was committed to speaking life and blessing over people and situations and especially where health was concerned. Um, and so I, this was no exception where he just had a firm commitment of we're going to speak, um, the word of God. And we had a list of scriptures that we prayed over Abigail daily and it wasn't as like a formula for healing. And if we say this in the right way with the right, you know, it was just, we're reminding our spirits of who God is and how the resurrection power of Christ is real. In this situation for us today, regardless of what the outcome is, we needed to hear that to each yeah. other. And so we stood and we say, we, we spoke the word and we just, and we have that scriptures. If anyone needs it, we can share. Um, but one script, a, a friend had emailed me um, early on in this process, a family friend, and she had um, shared this, the scripture, um, Psalm 118, 17, which says that she, it actually says he, but we said she will not die, but she will live and she will tell of the works of the Lord. And that was like, my spirit just whooped, like that was our battle cry through this whole thing of she will tell of the works of the Lord, regardless of what happens, but we are proclaiming she's going to live. And, um, when I had first moved to Asia, um, I had heard the scripture, Psalm 119, 92, which also like planted deep in my spirit, um, which talks about if your word had not been my delight, I would have perished in my afflictions. And that is just one that it was like, if we didn't have that word to stand on, I'm not sure how this would have all played out, but it would have been different if how we chose to walk it out. Um, and so we just encourage you to um, to stand on the word, whatever you're going through, or, and if you're just an, a smooth sailing, like be diligent about putting that word in, um, because as believers, we're going to have trials and challenges. Um, but we were so thankful to have, um, the word to cling to as it rooted and nourished our souls. <clears throat> Some of you guys know, I don't take a no for an answer, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so when the doctors, uh, you know, we're telling us all the bad news. The Holy Spirit, um, when, you're, when you're reading God's word almost like every day, every moment, the Holy Spirit just guides you through um, the situation, through that lens, through Holy Spirit's lens. And um, so the word says, walk by faith, not by sight. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, we were given the gifts of faith to do everything impossible. Is it here? Okay, I'll just read it. Um, uh, possible to fight um, that time for Abigail, and the only thing we're going to do is just pray. Um, so Proverbs 18.21 um, says, Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruits and bear the consequences of the, their words. 
And when the doctor told us that we should consider abortion, we were reminded of Deuteronomy 30, 19. God says, I said before you life and death, blessings and curses. So now choose life so that you and your children will live. And we'll speak in Psalm 139 to Abigail. Um, just say, God, you, you created Abigail. You knit her in Anne's womb. I praise you because Abigail is fearfully and wonderfully made. And then when later on, you know, when Anne lost the amniotic fluid, the prognosis was, was even worse. They came in to, like, please consider abortion. This is not going to look pretty when she came out. And we're just like, nope, by the stripe of Jesus, Abigail is healed. And we just keep proclaiming that. And it looks very stupid to them because they're looking at the medical report and the index, and we're like, no, just put that away. We don't want that. We want God's word. And so I, I, I really didn't know how we had the courage to, to praise God, but we praise God because he, he created Abigail. And even though we didn't know the outcome, and even though if Abigail came out and didn't make it, you know, Abigail would have been with us for nine months or eight months, and he is in control of our lives. He's the all source of life. So I, we chose to, to, to praise him. Hmm. Yeah, after giving birth, um, Mark and I came across the movie Breakthrough. Have any of you guys seen that? Yeah, so it's a, a, based on a true story about a, a young boy who falls through the ice and just has this miraculous medical recovery um, through the, the help of his uh, praying community, his church community. And um, it's kind of cheesy, but it really resonated with our experience. Um, and um, Mark kind of took the role that the mother in the movie um, took uh, in terms of speaking life. So we wanted to share just a quick clip. Imagine my face on that woman. Yeah. <laughs> It is neurologically impossible for the patient to change course at this point. Be that as it may, our job is to meet the needs of the patient until Dr. Garrett changes course or the patient expires. But the cerebral blood flow scan shows complete absence. Patient's name is John. John Smith. Hello, I'm Dr. Lulu. Yeah. My colleagues and I were just discussing your son's case. Oh, I heard what you were discussing, We doctor. thought we were alone. Of course you did. But I'm here, and my son is right in front of you. And my son can hear you whether you believe it or not. So, from now on, I don't want anybody saying anything negative about his prognosis in this room. We will all speak life over John. Do I make myself clear? Mrs. Smith, we really didn't mean to upset I you. I said, do I make myself clear? Yes. Great. So that was Mark's attitude and the attitude that I adopted too, um, that we, and I'm so thankful for his strength in that. And also had that firmness with the doctor, like tell them, do not speak a word of uh, the abortion yeah. and we're just going to speak life. And she even had the courage to pray with the surgeons uh, for that three surgeries that we had for Abigail, just pray before the procedure and they respected us and pray together. I don't know what they were thinking, but, <laughs> you know, we were prayed and it's for us. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you're going through a battle, um, we just want to encourage you to consider this question. How are you um, thinking about your situation and how are you speaking about it? Second um, Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, The weapon we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 
we demolish arguments and every pretension that's that sets itself up against the knowledge knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Yeah, in our Christian walk, it's so important to spend time with the resurrected Christ and to lay our thoughts before Him and let the Holy Spirit um, <clears throat> illuminate. You know where we're off track, where we're not lined up with the words, so that we can come into obedience. And we found that as in this trial, as we drew closer to Christ, spent time with Him, He transformed us. You know, it was in that that communion um, that we came out changed. Um, and as as we um, abide, you know, we're given the ability to walk through these things. And we remind ourselves, our circumstances, how big our God is. And we see our circumstances through the lens of the cross. And that's really where we want to land today, um, is the hope of the cross. You know, um, there's a picture yeah, right here. This is um, when early on in the process, we had many late nights in the hospital. So this is at McKay Hospital. Um, we were the last patients. Um, it was very dark. It was very depressing. We had depressing news. You know, th what time was this? Like 11? Nine or, nine or 10 sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So we um, walked out <clears throat> there dark and just like, you know, okay, huh you know, game on. Um, but I love this picture because it reminds me of the tomb, <laughs> an empty tomb, you know, um, and we just continued to proclaim the truth of the resurrected Christ. Um, and um, we named our child Abigail Hope because she taught us to hope in so many ways. The Lord taught us to hope through her. Um, and Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Um, and we experienced that. We chose not to put our, our hope in a healthy baby of like, you know, we put our hope in the living God. Um, and we stayed strong by um, continuing to draw near to him. And I look back at pictures of us during this whole journey, um, you know, both on this side of the world and when we got to America. And there's like this peace and joy in so many of those pictures that's weird. Like it's not natural, you know, like how did that happen? And it was, it was the Lord filling us back up, you know, pouring out our hearts to him. And he filled us back up and gave us strength um, and uh, the ability to persevere. Um, and then he graciously gave us the gift of Abigail. Um, and this is his child. Um, and all glory goes to him. You know, they did tests after she was born. Um, she needed less than 24 hours of in the NICU. Um, she was born perfectly healthy. Um, not She has three tiny little scars on her, um, just her battle, battle wounds. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they did tests. They found no reason why this happened. Um, and we just think, well, we know for God's glory. Like, this is a story for God's glory. And yes. you wouldn't believe how many people we've shared this story with. He'll tell, anyone who will listen will tell the story. And she has, you know, she's just started uttering her first words. But we think back to that. She will not die, but she will live and she will tell of the works of the Lord. And she's already telling it at 15 months, yeah. 15 months old. So. And we kind of left, uh, left you guys hang with the story, you know, with the bed rest. And so I want to spend uh, some time to tell you, I mean, we could spend another hour to tell you all the details, but I just want to give you some some amazing things that God did. You might see this coincidence or, or whatever, but I'm like, there's a big God that did this, truly. So I told you that amniotic fluid went down to two, right? So that's kind of a death sentence for, for Abigail. And the doctor were pretty much like, okay, you guys go home. There's nothing I can do. We were just like waiting. They were waiting for, the, for Abigail to, to, you know, to just 
um, perish there. And so on my birthday, I think it's two days or three days after we, we were discharged, the amniotic fluid went back, went back to, uh, is it night? It's a 965. Yeah, it's yeah. a 965. It's on my birthday. We went back and the doctor checked and he was like, hold on, let me check again. And then he told us he's never seen anything like that. The amniotic fluid does not go up like that over two nights. And then so we're like, oh, right, let's do this. You know, we're just very encouraged. We keep praying. I remember um, joined the, the 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 prayer meeting online, and so many of you guys pray with us, and we feel like there's an army behind us. We're never alone. And then two days afterwards, that's uh, the the index AFI index went back to 1198. That's like within normal range. That opens the door for us to to get a third surgery in America, and that's why we went to America <clears throat> to do it. And um, the doctor were like, okay, if you want to do this, do it now. There's no time to wait. Immunity fluid is ready, and you should you should go to America soon. That was Christmas Eve, and we got on the plane Christmas yeah. morning. Yeah, that's why, you know, we just pack our bags. And then we, when we went over there, we happened to connect it uh, to one of the, the toppest, um, the best surgeon for that, for that surgery in America. And that's through Anne's childhood friend, I don't know you guys were talking that time or not, but yeah, we, we don't need to go into the details, but God was so in the details of arranging those, orchestrating it for Abigail to be in such good care. Yeah. And then when we went over there, they needed not a shunt because the shunt in Taiwan did not work out. They're too small, couldn't drain the liquid out. And in America, there's a shunt called rocket shunt. It's much bigger by name. It's like a rocket will drain everything out. And there were only two in the world not just in America. There were only two in the world. The doctor in America didn't have it, but he has a friend in Canada that had it. Ship it to us the same day we arrived. Christmas Day. That's Best Christmas, Christmas day. present ever. So I kept that. For I'll, free. For, for free. free. It's given to us pro bono. And that tube is literally this long, 2,000 US dollars given to us. It was just like God just parted the way for us to go, yeah. and um, the favor of the Lord was was with us walking over there. Yeah, and then we went um, to America without any insurance, so we know how expensive that will cost. But we're like, for Abigail's life, I'll spend everything. You know, I'll sell my liver. <laughs> <laughs> and then that part was taken care of. I mean, my liver is with me. <laughs> I'm saying the medical bill from the hospital is taken every, care of miraculously. Penny, I'll every tell you penny. more details in the future. Yeah. And Anne was mentioning the when the doctor knew that she had three holes in her, she didn't. Uh, the doctors were like, "Okay, prepare that she will be NICU for weeks at least. We don't know if she's gonna know how to breathe or do everything by herself when she came out." And so that's why I applied for a green card and we stayed for 16 months <laughs> there. But then within 24 hours, she was discharged. Doctor was like, she's crying, she's eating, she's pooping. Everything's great. Just go home. Mm. And so that was praise just crazy. God. Yeah, praise yeah. God. Isn't God amazing? Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, as, as we close, we just want to bring um, those, those questions back to you guys. Um, maybe you can talk about them through the week with your loved ones um, or your small groups. Um, but just in, if you're in a trial, is it bringing you closer to the Lord? Or are you feeling more distant? Um, and is there some way that he might be prompting you to invest deeper with spiritual family to do it together as a we story um, rather than just walking alone? 
Um, and if you're in the midst of a trial, what word are you listening to and what word are you speaking? Um, and, you know, is there a scripture that he's given you particularly about that tri trial to cling to? Um, and if not, ask him, you know, um, press in there. And then finally, where are you placing your hope? Um, and are you experiencing the peace of the Lord in the storm? You know, he was able to sleep in the boat. <laughs> and no matter, his peace is not circumstantial. It's, it's just a steady, constant peace. And it's always available for us um, as, as his children. Um, so after the service, we just invite any of you who are needing prayer uh, or wanting prayer um, to come forward um, and and receive. Um, God's God is love, mm. and his heart for all of us is to draw us closer and deeper. Um, and he's given us his, his spirit in the body as reminders that we're not alone. So if you're feeling nudged or prompted, whether it's something that we've touched on or something completely different, um, we just invite you to take that step to come forward and get prayer so we can stand together and together draw draw near to him. Yeah, so. we need some more testimonies yeah. in this church. <laughs> we have to go through a test to get the money. So who's ready for that? <laughs> yeah, we're guys. in the series of Living Forward. I just want to tell you that what we experience is like we, we really need the community to help us move forward and to live forward. And we need uh, God's word. And uh, how we fight our battle is just God's word. And the word is the weapon to fight against, uh, you know, all these negative things that happen to us. And also, uh, we need hope to move forward and to live forward. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. We really miss you guys, and thank you. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.